What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. We're talking Major League Baseball Hall of Fame and trades. And, of course, we're going to talk a lot of NFL playoffs heading into the Super Bowl very shortly. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Good to be here. Yeah, you. Uh, some people might notice a background change. You are uh, moving into your new studio tomorrow, and uh, some people call it a house, but uh, moving into your new studio tomorrow, and uh, so next week you have to tune back in to see what uh, Dad's studio it might not be completely uh, up and going by next week, but uh, you get to see the transition uh, there as well, so congratulations on that. Uh, let's talk about some righteous felon jerky real quick before we get into the sports topics of the day. I got my first shipment today of righteous felon jerky. I got the uh, street taco uh, pork stick, uh, and it tastes uh, like a chili cheese hot dog is what it tastes like. Uh, really good. And then I got the OG hickory, all natural, righteous felon beef jerky. Uh, I tried that one earlier and absolutely loved it. Haven't opened this one yet, but I got the Truffalo Bill uh, there as well from Righteous Felon. And uh, Righteous Felon, listen, if you want the purest jerky, I'm talking about the good stuff in the game. You got to go straight to the source. And Righteous Felon has partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, best textured, and freshest beef jerky on the market Righteous Felon offers free shipping on all orders, $50 or more. Visit RighteousJerky.com. Use that promo code BELLYUP for 20% off your purchase. Again, RighteousFelon.com, code BELLYUP for 20% off your purchase. And I'll tell you, Dan, um, I know you haven't had any yet, but it's uh, it, the texture is very, very good. It's a thinner jerky, but it's uh, very moist, very tender as well. So, I like it. We'll see. I haven't tried, like I said, I haven't tried the Truffalo Bill yet. I got, I'll try that one later. But uh, so far, so good. And we appreciate the partnership with Righteous Felon Jerky and with Belly Up Sports. And that's why the promo code is Belly Up uh, there as well. 
All right, Dad, let's get into it. We got plenty of things to talk about. We're going to start with the NFL. We got to we got to start with the recap of the week. You had a good week in your picks. I think you went four four and oh, four for four uh, on your it. picks this week. And uh, I say I think I knew that because you told me that uh, you were very quick to tell me that. Uh, but uh, the games last week were interesting. Let's start with Jaguars in Kansas City. Um, you know, I was concerned the Jaguars were had kind of met their match, and I thought maybe they'd get kind of beat easily in this game. Uh, they stayed in it the whole way, lost by a touchdown, um, actually covered with the uh, field goal there late in the game, and uh, they looked good. And, I mean, the future's bright in Jacksonville, and I know we've talked about – Coach Peterson and what we like about him. We talked about Trevor Lawrence and what we like about him. Uh, but the defense played really well. Um, and the offense, I mean, the defense played better than the offense, I think. So, so you come down to it. But uh, Jacksonville, bright future there and a conference that's that's down in the AFC South. Um, what did you think overall about that game? Yeah, I, I think it was, um, again, you know, of course, Kansas City going back to the AFC Championship. So that's good. They've kind of been dominant this year and they showed that. But I think it was successful for Jacksonville. I think it'll help them go into next year with confidence. They finished the season. I heard um, Coach Peterson on an interview this week, and he was quick to say that they were the um, division champions. And that's something they would hang their hat on and um, was a real uh, building block and it was a goal for them. So I, I think it'll be the, the few, it'll be interesting to see what they do, you know, in free agency or the draft. But definitely they have a lot of the pieces there. And I think they have the coach and he has their confidence. And they have a quarterback they can be confident in. Everyone always says in this right now in the NFL having your quarterback is really a key. And I think, you know, being a leader, and I think Trevor Lawrence has um, showed that. So uh, that was a very interesting game because, like you said, they could have got blown out, but they stayed in it um, all the way. And uh, so I think it was successful for them. Uh, but congratulations to Kansas City going back to the AFC Championship game again and Andy Reid there. Yeah, um, Mahomes – Injured his ankle, high ankle sprain. Uh, probably will do very little practicing this week, uh, which he doesn't really need it. So that's not that's not too big of a deal. Uh, how hindered do you think he'll be come Sunday? Well, I don't know. I read today that he was supposed to practice today and was going to see how it felt. He felt like it had progressed very well. So, um, I mean, he's obviously going to be some limited um, I don't know that he's really going to be hobbled depending on how the game goes. Again, when you have an injury like that, you know, it doesn't take much for it to kind of get tweaked. And he said he was really hindered um, last week with the injury. So, but I'm sure they'll have a game plan and, you know, things will be kind of um, around that. It'll just be how much they can be um you know, force, how much pressure can be put on him. Um, but Kansas City will be in, in, in good shape. And, you know, with him if being able to play, the leadership will play a big part of it. Yeah, of course, Chad Henney came in and looked looked fine for him uh, in, in the series, the last part of the half that he played. Chad Henney still did. I honestly didn't know Chad Henney was on the Chiefs. Uh, I've heard other people say that. I, I had no idea he was there. <laughs> and, uh, and so that was, uh, like, Oh, looky there, Chad Henney. Um, if you got the good quarterback, you don't need to know who the backup is. 
But uh, moving on, the other Saturday game was the NFC East battle, Giants and Philadelphia. Big letdown. The Giants did not compete in this one. Uh, the Eagles were dominant. And really, we saw, we talked about the importance of is Jalen Hurts healthy? How healthy is he? Uh, how rusty is he even? And end of the day, Eagles came out, dominated the game. They've had you know the best season of any NFL team this year, um, especially if you count only the games where Jalen Hurts played. And so I guess they looked the way they were supposed to look as a one seed uh, against a nine, seven and one team. So um, were you disappointed in the Giants and how impressed were you with the Eagles? Um, I was impressed with the Eagles. Um, again, I think the Giants have made real strides and I think they're a team that, um, you know, is on the rise also for next year. But I think Philadelphia has just been a very complete team all year. And I think they showed that. Um, it looks like Hertz is you know, ready to go. He has this week. And then if they do win, he'll have an extra week to get ready uh, for the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, they, they, you know, they've got weapons. They seem to be balanced. And uh, I think it was very impressive what they did to the Giants. I don't think it was necessarily the Giants playing bad as much as maybe Philadelphia playing really well. Yeah, maybe so. Um... You know, did uh, Daniel Jones, did you, do you have any doubt? Um, did, did it change your feelings on Daniel Jones this game at all? Um, again, I, I think he has showed this year he's worth giving, you know, going into the season, I think thinking he's the quarterback. Is he definitely the quarterback of the future? You know, this game did not show that. If he went to the Super Bowl, that would be a little bit different. Uh, but I think he's done enough for them to have, um, you know, confidence in him, but, um, you know, again, this one by far wasn't his best game from there. And I've heard a lot of talk about what are the giants going to do? I don't think they'll, I don't know that they would or should, um, you know, give him a new contract multi-year extension based on everything there, especially with, I guess they can franchise him and keep him. So uh, we'll see what they do there. Yeah, I mean, you you got to decide between going the what the Redskins did with Alex Smith or no, with Kirk Cousins, excuse me, with Kirk Cousins, where they just franchised him for multiple years instead of signing him. And I mean, I don't know, why not sign him to a three-year contract? You know, I don't know if that he would do that, but I don't know. You got to figure out what you got there, I guess. And I, I mean, I think there are worse quarterbacks in the league than Daniel Jones. I think he fits the system. Um, again, they had a decent year this year. Again, only nine, seven, and one. So they were just above 500. But, you know, they, they made the playoffs. And I just wish it was a closer game. I, I hate that it was a blowout. Um, you don't want to see blowouts in the divisional rounds. You, you want to see games, you know, even if a team wins and it's not really in doubt, you still want to see closer games. And uh, it just, you hate to see it. But, in my opinion, that game didn't change my opinion of Daniel Jones at all. I think he's done enough. I don't think you're going to get anything in this year's draft uh, where the Giants sit that's going to be better than Daniel Jones. So then the question is, is what kind of deal can you get him for? I don't like the idea of franchising him either, honestly. But, you know, whatever you got to do, I guess, to keep him there. You franchise him, that doesn't give him any confidence. And let's face it, young, still unproven to a degree quarterback, you want to give him a boost of confidence. So why not give him a deal that can boost his confidence and maybe he'll be kind enough to cut you somewhat of a break 
it's still going to be a lot of money. Starting quarterbacks in the league get a lot of money. So that's just the way it goes. Um, we'll talk more about the Eagles in a minute. Bengals and Bills, um, you know, we talked about it last week. I felt like maybe the Bills run had come to an end. Uh, all the emotion, all the things that happened over the last couple of weeks, it, it, it's going to weigh on you a little bit. And I just think the Bengals were able to come in fresher in this game emotionally, mentally. And, I mean, Joe Burrow is one of the coolest dudes around. So, so I mean, an incredible game for Cincinnati. The defense played really well for Cincinnati as well. Joe Burrow only sacked one time with three starting offensive linemen out. And uh, so a really good job there by the Bengals and the Bills. I'm not disappointed in Buffalo. I mean, granted, I was cheering for Cincinnati, but I'm not disappointed in Buffalo. I think they'll be back again next year. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, again, I just felt like their time for this season had come to an end here. Um, and, and it, it came to an end a lot faster than I thought it would though. 27 to 10. I didn't see that one happening. Uh, what were your thoughts on that game? Well, it'd be interesting to see what Buffalo does in the off season. Cause I do think they're in a kind of a bad spot. I think they're very frustrated coming out of this one. Um, they were expecting more really probably the last two years. And, um, I, I think, um, They'll have to look at making, you know, some changes and improvements. Now, whether um, they can do that and keep the chemistry again, I think, you know, obviously Allen is a great quarterback. He got a lot of pressure, though, uh, here. Um, you know, they probably need a good running back um, that can be dependable on, depended on all the time. Um, be interesting to see if Buffalo kind of, I wouldn't say totally falls apart, but if they kind of, uh, struggle or if they can be ready to go for the next year and just really be ready, um, you know, to make a run again. I don't know that preseason you'll look at them as, you know, one of the top two teams, um, but obviously they'll have potential there. So well, let me I know this. Cincinnati was very, very impressive, no doubt about it. Does it matter if you're considered a top two team or does it only matter if you're a contender? Because I think Buffalo comes in next year, and it's still a contender, but I think everybody does put Kansas City and Cincinnati above them. And depending on what some other teams do, you know, maybe other teams get pushed up in that that uh, uh, category as well. But to me, those three teams are the teams in the AFC. And why are they the teams? Because they've got the quarterbacks. I don't think things in Buffalo are going to fall apart because Josh Allen's still there. And so as long as Josh Allen's there, even if people leave, other people are going to want to come. It's It's a place, the fan base, and Josh Allen are places that that's something players want to play for. So I don't think they'll fall apart. I don't think they'll lose any major, major pieces this year. And I think they'll probably add somebody uh, relatively high on the list. I mean, guys like DeAndre Hopkins who are out there, those kind of guys out there. And I mean, Gabe Davis had a really, really good year. Um, Stephon Diggs is obviously the guy there. And Dawson Nix continues to come along. They got to get a little bit more help there. And the running game got better this year, too. Although in this game, other than uh, people other than Josh Allen only carried the ball 11 times in this game. Uh, but I love what James Cook has done as a rookie and think he's going to continue to grow uh, there as well. So, um, and they had some injuries this week, too. So a lot of things happening. But we both picked uh, Cincinnati. We both picked Cincinnati to win that game and felt like they were the, the better team coming into it as a whole. And, I mean, we'll talk about Joe Burrow. He's he's put himself now in that 
officially in that category. Most people now are putting him as QB2 on the list above Josh Allen because of this game. Um, I still think they're relatively equal, but I love Joe Burrow. Love his mindset. Love his temperament. Uh, his interviews are fun to listen to. And uh, this is a team definitely uh, confident in themselves, considering they went to the Super Bowl last year and they're working to get back this year. Yes, I mean, again, Joe Burrow, the thing with a quarterback, a lot of it, you know, you have to have ability, but they need to be leaders. And Joe Burrow has done that. You know, he worked on that in the offseason. He's worked on, um, you know, getting uh, support of his teammates early on. And I think they have a lot of confidence um, in him. And that's very important, obviously, for a quarterback. So, yeah, I think he's a great leader. That's one of the reasons I like him. And I, that's when I'm looking at this draft class that's coming in, Dad. Um, you know, these quarterbacks are leaders that are coming in at the top of the class too, but you still got to have the, uh, the ability to go with it. And I think some people are overlooking some of those, those things as well. Uh, the last game of the weekend, dad was Dallas and San Francisco. It was a close one. It was an ugly one. Um, can't say it was fun to watch, uh, but 19 to 12, San Francisco gets the win. Uh, I want to talk about that last play that everybody's piling on for. First of all, they're blaming Mike McCarthy for it, and I don't think it's Mike McCarthy's fault. Um, the I don't think the formation even was a bad formation. I think the execution of the play was horrible. Uh, Dak Prescott didn't look to see what the defense was doing. Should have thrown it to that guy. They It just didn't work because it didn't get executed. I don't think that comes back on the coaches, though. Honestly, that's on a Dak Prescott issue. He threw two interceptions. Um, he had some bad decision-making along the way. And at the end of the day, they ran the ball. Ezekiel Elliott, 2.6 yards per carry. 10 carries, 26 yards. Tony Pollard, 6 carries, 22 yards. But he got injured uh, throughout the game as well. CeeDee Lamb did his job. 10 catches, 117 yards. Dalton Schultz got the touchdown, 5 catches. Um, to me, it was the inability to get the run game going. And then the mistakes by Dak Prescott totally ruined it for Dallas. Um, so let's talk about Dallas first, and then I've got some things on San Francisco. Well, again, um, you know, like I said, Dallas, um, you know, struggled. There were no doubt about that. Uh, you know, San Francisco, we knew, had a good defense. Uh, they win a lot of games that aren't high scoring. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk about Dallas could really, you know, you know, could be high scoring. And, and again, that, you know, that, that, that just didn't happen from there. I don't know all about the last play. I would think some of that would reflect. I would. I don't know if the call was McCarthy's. I would assume it was Callum, Kellen Moore's right. um, from there. And if it is, I wondered, you know, does that hurt his stock a little bit? People have talked about, you know, hey, he's going to be a – uh, one of the you know, upcoming head coaches, I, that, that's not the best thing on your resume for the last thing of the season for people to see. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think that was the right time to pull out something like that. I've seen at different levels of football things like that. But, you know, when you have to have a play at the end, um, you know, something as, as unique as that, I, I don't know. I, I, that that I was was very surprising. I didn't think it was surprising at all. They was they were trying to get blockers out in front, uh, and then guys on both sides and spaced out so they could lateral. I, I didn't think it was that bad of a setup, honestly. 
Um, the problem was, is, well, San Francisco played it really well. Um, but when Dak threw the football, he should have seen that the defender wasn't dropping back. So his receiver didn't have room. You can't throw it to a guy who's going to get hit immediately. You got to throw it to a guy who's got blockers. <laughs> and so I think that's a Dak Prescott issue. And dad, I told you, I picked Dallas to win this game. But when I did that, I said, if Dak plays poorly, Dallas has no shot. And Dak played poorly. And that's been his biggest issue is inconsistency. He'll have games where he looks great. And then he'll have games where he looks really, really bad. And to comment on what you said about Moore, Steve Smith, former wide receiver for Carolina, he tweeted out, Panthers uh, interviewed Kellen Moore. I can't believe we would ever want him to be our coach after seeing that play. So, uh, you know, that's that's really interesting. 49ers on the other side. Everybody's praising Brock Purdy, okay? <laughs> Listen, Brock Purdy, he did fine. He didn't lose the game, right? He did not lose the game for them. But Brock Purdy's not the reason they won. And I continue to think that their story eventually is going to fall short, too, because although Brock Purdy's not bad, I'm not sure that he's good either. 214 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. They ran the ball 113 yards, uh, mainly between Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. Neither one of them had great games. George Kittle had a really good game. Uh, Debo Samuel had a average game for him at the very least. It really was the defense for San Francisco that came through. Now, they say defense wins championships, but if you're going to go against Kansas City or Cincinnati, you're going to have to have more than defense uh, to win a championship. And I just don't think Brock Purdy's the answer for this year to get to the Super Bowl for San Francisco. Um, but that being said, I'm all for Brock Purdy. I got nothing against the guy. I just think everybody's giving him all this praise. And the reality is he's just, he's just not making mistakes, but he's not, he's not lighting it up either. Yeah. He, 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 he's not, you know, like said, um, you know, he's not losing games for him, obviously, but the defense is the key. The key with Brock Purdy is to get pressure on him. And when Dallas got to him early in the game. I mean, he, to me, he looked real discombobulated. I mean, again, you know, he, he, I thought, wow, he's struggling. This is really going to be the deal. Um, but then again, you know, Dallas couldn't keep that up and sustain that from there. But um, that that's the key is to keep pressure on him. Um, again, you know, they're going to run the ball so you can work at that. He did make some good throws. That throw to Kittle was really good. Um, you know, he has the ability to stand there and make some throws, and that's important. But as far as he's the guy that's going to say, okay, follow me, we're going down the field for this drive. I don't, that's not where he's at at this point of his career. And he's got a lot of great weapons on his team with him. And, um, you know, that, that, that helps there, no doubt about it. So, and he has a good coach and they have a good scheme. So, uh, there's a, he has a lot going for him there. But uh, I don't think they have enough to win at all. Yeah, you made a great point there. I mean, if you're talking the Super Bowl, it's 50 seconds. They did, the other team just scores, and you got to go 80 yards or 75 yards in 50 seconds. Can Brock Purdy be that guy? I'm not sure that he can, even with the weapons that he has. Um, and I still think that Trey Lance is the starting quarterback next year based off of what we've seen so far. Maybe Brock Purdy comes out and lights it up in the NFC Championship game and in the Super Bowl, and that all changes. At this point, I think it's a wide-open competition between the two come camp time, and Trey Lance 
probably has more natural ability, but we'll see. See how it all shakes out in the end. We'll talk about this week's games here in a few minutes. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk about some other things. MVP race is officially down to three, Dad. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Jefferson are the finalists. Patrick Mahomes is the heavy favorite to win this award. My guess is you see Mahomes MVP and you see one of the other guys as Offensive Player of the Year. Um, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, I don't, I don't remember when these votes went in, but his last two games were not good uh, when Green Bay shut him out. And then uh, first round of the playoffs, the Giants shut him out also. Um, but uh, And then Jalen Hurts missed games because of injuries. So how does that all shake out in the end? I don't know. I think they're all deserving of some kind of award. Mahomes probably wins it. Any thoughts on the MVP race? Well, I think you're right. Mahomes will probably win it. But when I looked at the three of them, and you're right, but I do think they vote on this earlier in the year. Jefferson's had quite the year. And when I first looked at it, I thought he, you know, it, it makes sense for him to be the MVP. Um, but I, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked or disappointed if he won it. But uh, Mahomes has been really good, no doubt about it. I, I don't think Hurts. Um, I would think he'd be third in the voting on that one. But um, even though he's had a great year, and I think he's going to have a great future too. But um, you know, it's it's you know, it's usually a quarterback's. Um, award you know to win it and um but jefferson's had a great year and he's really established himself i think as the number one receiver going into next year no doubt about it yeah i agree with you uh i agree that he's there i i think jamar chase is the number one receiver in my book right now over justin jefferson based off of again two weeks in a row where justin jefferson got shut out even though good corners and stuff like that if you're the best in the league um, you can have one bad game, but two in a row is not not great. Not a great look. He's still great, still very good, and uh, I think I just think I put Jamar Chase above him. Uh, if I ever picking one wide receiver, that's who I'd pick. Uh, but this year, Justin Jefferson had a great statistical season. Yeah, but Jeff, remember, Jamar Chase has a better quarterback than Justin Jefferson did, mm -hmm. and you got to look at that with Devontae Adams. He's a great receiver, but he didn't have the same quarterback this year. So, you know, he, he's he's not quite in the discussion with those guys. So that that does make a difference, um, no doubt about it. But Jamar Chase is really good. I would take him on my team you know, any, any day of the week also. Yeah, and not just does he have a great quarterback, he also has really good other receivers on the team. So the, the defense, if they focus on Jamar Chase, then T. Higgins goes off. Uh, you know, and you got Tyler Boyd, who's really good there as well. Whereas in Minnesota, for whatever reason, um, it seems like Jefferson's the only one, even though they have Adam Thielen, who's had some really good years. Everybody just kind of went off the Adam Thielen train and uh, just doesn't seem to be the same receiver as he was. Um, I mean, can we go an episode without talking Aaron Rodgers' future? Uh, <laughs> the more he talks, the more reports come out, you know, all kinds of stuff. Well, he's willing to change his contract if he gets traded and all this kind of stuff. Will he retire? Will he come back? All that kind of stuff. Obviously, we don't know. Anybody who says they know is lying. No one knows what he's thinking. He's too weird. No one knows what he's doing because he wants to keep you on your toes. Um, I, I'm just at that point, Dad. I just want an answer. Like, if, he, if the deal is he's going to get traded, and he's acting like it's the Packers that will make that decision, it's not. Aaron Rodgers holds all the cards. If he wants to come back and play in Green Bay, he plays in Green Bay. If he wants to play for another team, they trade him. If he wants to retire, he retires. It's all on him. 
Um, you know, if they trade them and they trade them to a team, I saw the Jets and the Colts pop up as options. I'm okay with that. Uh, out of the out of the division, out of the conference. Um, you know, I think the Colts make a lot of sense, Dad. If you think about it, they've got a team that's ready to win. They're in a conference that's bad. Uh, they're in a dome, so he doesn't have the weather situation, all that kind of stuff. They've got receivers. They got running backs. They have a defense. Uh, Indianapolis is a really intriguing thing, and if you're talking about a trade, then you're talking about the number four pick going to Green Bay. I would assume there have to be more than just that. Um, that would be I would be okay with that, Dad. If the Packers ended up going Jordan Love and the number four pick, I think I could live with that one. Yeah, I mean, if they, I'll be a little surprised if he goes somewhere on a trade. But if he does, like I said, I think at some point we're going to have to move on with Jordan Love. And if this is the year to do it, then, you know, that's what we'll do. But I, I think the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers is going to be with the Packers as far as the players he wants them to keep. And do they want to go that way? Are they going to be committed for another year or, you know, two years with him? I think he likes the young receivers. Uh, he's got great running backs. Um, I think he knows they've got a defense that has, you know, a lot of potential there. They've got a weapon. Uh, hopefully they can re-sign him as a kick returner. Um, you know, I, I, I think I – if he wants to play, I think he can stay there, and I think he would feel like he could be successful. And I think it would prove more with his legacy to get the Packers back there than to try to go somewhere else, um, you know, and have, you know, one or two years or whatever. I, I just don't – I'll be surprised about that. Won't be totally shocked if he retires, but um, I don't know that he's ready to do that. So we will um, – We'll see. I do think we'll, you know, he'll make that decision before the free agency time here, the first part of March, and um, you know, we're getting just a few weeks away from that now. So um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to come back, they'll sign the guys that he wants to sign. As far as the returning guys, if he's not coming back, then they won't. It's just that simple. The only reason why they would stick with old guys, and we're talking about Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, those kind of guys that's only if he's coming back. If he's not coming back, they're not going to bring those guys back. They like Mercedes Lewis, but at the end of the day, they need to go elsewhere. And the talk that Vegas is going to be getting rid of good players, guys like Darren Waller, you know, you'd more rather have Darren Waller than Mercedes Lewis. So, um, you know, we'll see how, how they go about that. And they tried to get Darren Waller last year. Didn't work out. So maybe they get him this year. I, I, I think Mercedes Lewis is the one guy that might could stay because he definitely wants to play another year because he'll be breaking a record for the most seasons for a tight end. And um, I think, you know, again, he likes Green Bay. He's been in a leadership position. I could see him saying, even if Rodgers leaves, hey, I can be a guy that can really mentor these guys. People look up to me. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure to me, he's one of the guys that could stay Cobb won't stay obviously. And I Lazard may not. And some of the ones like that wouldn't shock me if Mercedes Lewis stayed just because of the leadership yeah. position. And I think he definitely wants to play another year to break the record. Yeah. Of course he played a lot of years in Jacksonville too. Might want to end his career down there. Things going well down in Jacksonville. So who knows? There's options. Options for those guys, for sure, uh, there. So a lot of craziness going on. There will be a whole lot more of it uh, coming down the pipe. We still haven't had coaching hires yet, which is interesting. 
Um, that news will begin to break after the Super Bowl. Maybe even after this weekend, we'll start to see some names flying uh, with the interview processes being able to open up a little bit and things like that. So uh, we'll have a, probably a lot of coaching news coming down the line here in the next week or two, which is always fun, too, to kind of see uh, what goes on and those those uh, off-season moves. Because you talk about teams wanting quarterbacks. Well, a lot of times they want to get their coach first, and then the coach can get his quarterback. So uh, we'll see how all that shakes down. Sean Payton, uh, is he going to coach next year, you think? I think so. I think, again, like you said, I think once the season gets over and things shake down, then we'll see where he goes. One thing, too, and, and, and you can help me with this because I don't remember for sure, it seems like there's been more coordinators get canned than normal early on. Maybe not. I know there's always some movement, but I've been a little surprised. Teams have been real quick uh, with that, with Minnesota and different ones. So um, I think that's been kind of interesting, too. And, of course, those guys will move around. Yeah, they'll move around. Several of those guys will get jobs. You know, you got to blame somebody. When something goes wrong, you got to blame somebody. Minnesota had this great year until the last couple of weeks of the regular season in the playoffs. You got to blame somebody. Somebody has to pay the price. So they get rid of coordinators. Um, you know, New York, there was not that progress in the quarterback situation. You got to blame somebody. So you blame the coordinator. Los Angeles Chargers uh, defense got four interceptions, which gave the possession in the right situation for the offense. They take this big lead at the half. Don't score a single point in the second half. You got to blame somebody, and it goes on the coordinator. So, yeah, it, it that's the way it works. You're either going to fire the coach or the coordinator, and the coach is going to do everything he can to stay. So, so coordinator is going to go first before the coach does most of the time. But keep an eye on that. Everybody that fired coordinators this year, they're on the hot seat for next year because if their new coordinator comes in and doesn't do the job, then everybody goes, well, you're the one that's consistent. You're the one that's out uh, as it goes as it goes from there as well. And I want to remind people today's episode is presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Uh, I finally got a chance to try it out for myself. Uh, so far, I've only tried the OG Hickory. It's a smoky and savory OG classic from Righteous Felon. Absolutely love it. Texture is great. Every taste is great. Uh, go to RighteousFelon.com, use the promo code BELLYUP, and you're going to get 20% off your purchase uh, there, RighteousFelon.com. Again, the code there is BELLYUP. All right, Dad, let's get into the week ahead now, and we're down to the final four in the NFL. And, uh, you know, you look at this teams that are left. You're not surprised when you look at uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City. As a matter of fact, we saw it last year. Uh, you got two of the top quarterbacks uh, that are in the league over there as well. And then you got a team that was in the Super Bowl last year and a team that's been in the Super Bowl recently as well. Super Bowl winning head coach and Andy Reid, uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback and Patrick Mahomes, all those kinds of things. But then on the other side of things, you got two a little bit more unknowns, I guess. San Francisco um, with a loaded team, but a seventh round quarterback and then you've got philadelphia that has kind of just been there and doing it and they've got some veteran players they got a couple guys left over from their super bowl win several years ago but mostly new players so let's start with the afc side uh, i'm trying to pull up my uh uh official 
thing here. Sorry. Um, but Kansas City hosting Buffalo. We didn't talk about this, Dad. Uh, or hosting Cincinnati, excuse me. But had it been Buffalo, they were going to play in Atlanta. Um, any thoughts on neutral site uh, championship games? Because the rumor is the NFL wants that in the future. Um, no, I mean, I don't like that. It mainly as a real tr- change in, you know, tradition. And again, I think with having a good record and winning in the regular season, I, I think it'd be important to, you know, continue to let, you know, let teams be, be at home. That's one of the benefits for winning. I think it would have been, um, you know, I understand what the schedule this year, that would have made sense, I guess, to try to do that. But, um, I, I don't know of a neutral site. Now, the NFL can do it if they want. They're still going to get, you know, everybody's going to be interested in it. They'll have people travel. They'll have fans travel uh, from there. But it, that would be a real change because home field advantage has been something you work for all year. And um, that would suddenly, you know, outside of getting the buy, that would really, you know, take that out of the mix. And I, I don't I don't like that just because it's so different. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I don't think you should do it. Uh, home field advantage is earned, and uh, that's the way it needs to be. Uh, all right, let's get into our games. First game on Sunday is Philadelphia and San Francisco. Philadelphia at home, the one seed, uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites against San Francisco. What do we know about these teams? We know San Francisco is pretty complete, and they've kind of got everything. Um, the quarterback is the question in San Francisco. they got a phenomenal defense. Philadelphia's got everything as well. A quarterback that looks to be healthy and a team that was dominant all season when they had Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Two and a half point favor for Philadelphia. How are you feeling about this game? Um, I, I I feel good about Philadelphia because I think Philadelphia can score. And again, I think home field advantage is big here. Philadelphia always plays well at home. Um, you know, they'll be they they've had the best team all year. So I wouldn't see any reason why they wouldn't be the best team in this game. But, you know, San Francisco has a great defense. And um, if Philadelphia was to turn it over um, a bunch and early, then that, that that could be the issue. But Hertz has done well. I think he's got the poise uh, to play against the defense. And, again, if Philadelphia's defense schemes like it should, they'll put pressure on Purdy, and uh, that can make a difference there. So um, I like Philadelphia to go ahead. They've been a number one team in the NFC and uh, make it to the Super Bowl. What do you think the score is going to be? Um, I think it'll be something like 28 to 17, something like that. That's funny. I was thinking 26 17. Uh, I'm right there with you, and I picked Philadelphia, too. Um, they're the number one seed, and like I said, when Hurts has been healthy, they've been phenomenal, and they've got a good defense, and they they apparently have a good coach. He uh, he, he annoys me. I don't like him, uh, but he seems to do a good job at it. So I'm going to go Philadelphia also. Um, I've got it 26, uh, 26-19, I'm sorry, is what I had, 26-19, you had around 28-17, so in that same same general score range. Uh, then the AFC Championship game, the Road Bengals, a point-and-a-half favorite over Kansas City. Interesting. I figured being at Kansas City, even a little hobbled, I figured it would either be even or Kansas City would have a one- or one-and-a-half-point favorite here. But they're going Cincinnati in this one as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I mean, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, 
this is the classic battle that we could be seeing for years to come. How do you feel about this game? Um, again, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm here in the Cincinnati area, so I've kind of, you know, it's easy to root for them, but Joe Burrow, um, they're just, they're playing well and they've got the weapons, they've got the running game. Um, you know, their offensive line has done well. The defense has played well. So if the defense will play well again, this game, because Mahomes will not be at full strength, um, you know, the interesting thing is Cincinnati's kind of had their number lately. And sometimes when that happens, you think, well, you know, the other team is going to come through. But the fact that Cincinnati's had their number, I think, you know, they have a lot of confidence. And I think if they get up, that's going to, you know, that'll keep being in, in Kansas City's mind is, oh, no, here, you know, here, here we go again. Um, you know, Andy Reid's a good coach, great coach. And, um, you know, he'll come up with the ideal scheme for this. And Kansas City's always a good home team. But Cincinnati's, you know, proved they can go win on the road. If they can go in with the Buffalo and win in that weather, then, um, you know, they're going to be ready to play and be confident. So I will go with Cincinnati, but that one really could go either way. What kind of score do you think that game will hold? Um. I think that could be a higher scoring game. I think that could be more of a, um, you know, 31, 28 type of game, something like that, maybe even higher. Yeah, I was thinking 34, 30, and I'm going Cincinnati as well. Um, I mean, I just, I love the Bengals. I love what they're doing. I love the players they have, uh, the confidence. I'm telling you, there is, there is no team with more confidence than what you see in Cincinnati that's led by Joe Burrow. But again, they've got incredible talent there. Three really good receivers, a good running back, and the defense has played incredibly well. Um, so I'll go Cincinnati, Philadelphia as the Super Bowl picks uh, this week. I I agree with you. Kansas City, Cincinnati will be a higher scoring game uh, than Philadelphia, San Francisco could even double what what they they put up there in those games as well. We did run a, a little poll, or not a poll, but a. Um, uh, runyourpool.com. We ran a pool this this uh, playoffs that people could join. Dad, you are currently in the lead in that pool. Uh, you are a point up on Rising to the Occasion, a Belly Up podcast uh, there. And then I am tied in second place with Rising to the Occasion. And uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, so that's the we're tied right now. So it's fun to see it, see it all shake down. Now it all comes down to the next next two weeks, next this weekend, the Super Bowl week as well, uh, to see how it all shakes out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Mr. Mallard uh, uh, is right behind me there as well. He's been on the show. Uh, no, he hasn't been on this show, I guess. He's been on our other on some other things that I've done uh, and, and, and worked with. But uh, nonetheless, plenty of things around there and excited for people to jump in and help us out with those things. Also, all right, any other football topics we need to discuss? No, I don't think so. It'd be, it'd be interesting heading into the Super Bowl here. So, um, I know a uh, uh, Trent Steelman, most people won't care about this. Trent Steelman, uh, EKU football's quarterback coach, uh, he announced today that he is uh, stepping away from coaching altogether. He was a quarterback at uh, Army. And uh, and the quarterback coach at EKU now for a couple of years. Great guy and uh, a really good coach. And I uh, just want to wish him the best 
as he moves on to what's next for him. He kind of made it sound like he's going to do some ministry work, but I'm not sure exactly what he's going into uh, uh, there. Let's get into some baseball news, Dad. A little bit to talk about in baseball before we wrap up. Let's start with the Hall of Fame uh, situation. Scott Rowland, the only player inducted uh, into the Hall of Fame this year. Todd Helton just missed out uh, by 3% uh, of the vote. And so he did not make it. But Scott Rowland did make it in as a Hall of Famer. Any thoughts on Scott Rowland? No, I, I mean, I think that was good. You know, the Hall of Fame thing has changed obviously a little bit here because some of the players who would naturally go in are not going in, um, you know, because of some of the steroid stuff. So uh, I don't think that dilutes it, though. I think the fact that you still got to get a certain percentage of the votes, and I think Scott Rowland's deserving of it. I think Todd Helton would be, too. Of course, he's an old ball, so we're kind of for him, but I'd like to see him get in sometime. Um but, um, you know, the Hall of Fame thing has definitely changed now with, it uh, seems like, the amount of people that are eligible um, yeah. to go in. Uh, Billy Wagner was the next closest at 68%. Andrew Jones was down at 58%. Gary Sheffield at 55%. And then from there on out, it just kept on dropping further down. Carlos Beltran, Jeff Kent, uh, Alex Rodriguez, he got 35.7% of the vote. Again, another guy that's been tainted uh, by performance-enhancing drugs in the past. Uh, so I'm not sure that he'll ever make it make it through. Um, but he's at 35%. Manny Ramirez, 33%. And then Omar Vizquel, Andy Pettit, Bobby Abreu, Jimmy Rollins, Mark Burley, and Francisco Rodriguez all the way down at the bottom of the votes as well. So on the one, yeah, I just it kind of stinks. It, it's a good way to do it, I think. Um, where you're not guaranteed somebody every year and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. You look at this list, Dad, and none of them just jump out as, oh, yeah, guarantee Hall of Famers. I mean, Scott Rowland's been on the ballot. I think this was his sixth year. Uh, this is Todd Helton's fifth year on the ballot. So these guys have been on the ballot for a while. There's just no one that stands out and goes, yep, got to put that guy in the Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland gets it. Sure, he's deserving. Not against it whatsoever. Wouldn't be against it if Todd Helton made it. I'm just saying eventually we're going to start getting some names that pop again. It's been a while since we've had the big pop out there that are clearly going to be going Hall of Famers uh, there as well. So interesting for sure. Um, and then we had a trade uh, going on. There's, of course, been signings and different things uh, going on. But being that I'm going to be hosting the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show, I was intrigued by the Red Sox getting shortstop at Alberto Mondesi uh, from Kansas City. Uh, Josh Taylor, a left-handed uh, pitcher, goes over uh, as well. And I think there's some other pieces that went as well. Uh, I like this for Mondesi. I think this is a good situation for him to be in. And they Red Sox desperately needed a shortstop. Uh, they didn't have to give up a whole lot to get this kid. And he's fast. He can steal bases. I think fantasy-wise, this is one that really intrigued me so far this offseason. Yes, I, I think, like I said, he's been a, a good player and, you know, Boston's made some moves. So I think it'll be a real help to him, no doubt about that. Like I said, as we get close to fantasy baseball season, I, I, I'm real intrigued to see, you know, where people are at. But I was looking, um, saw an article, looked a little bit this week, and really I didn't realize how many players the Cubs have picked up. 
Didn't know they yeah. had Trey Mancini. I mean, they've, that's been an interesting move there. They've picked up some veterans, um, and I'm sure there's other teams that will fall in that category also. I know the Twins made a couple moves this week. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be real, real interesting. A lot of teams change their faces. So. Yeah, Chicago, the Cubs have done a very good job this offseason. So uh, I'll have to keep an eye on them. Now, uh, we're still a couple weeks away from the, the kickoff of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. First episode will air February the 12th, the week after the Super Bowl. Um, Kevin Wilson, senior fantasy baseball writer at BellyUpFantasySports.com, will be joining me. We'll have another guest on each week as well, talking fantasy baseball, MLB news and opinions, and giving you fantasy advice as well. Uh, so looking forward to the kickoff of that show on February the 12th. Make sure you tune in. We'll be live right here on the Sports Stove YouTube page and on Belly Up Fantasy's Facebook page. That'll be every Sunday night at 8 p.m. And then available for the audio version wherever you get your podcast following the program. We'll get that uh, uploaded uh, for everybody who likes to listen to the podcast version versus having to look at our faces. Although me and Kevin are, are quite the lookers. Um, you have to, uh, some people don't don't think so. So. Uh, looking forward to that show, though, kicking off uh, the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show presented by BellyUpFantasySports.com. And uh, looking forward to getting that. Man, baseball season's almost here. Uh, guys will be reporting soon. Uh, and uh, we'll start having some some games into February, spring training games. And uh, be a good time. Good time. You know, Dad, I was thinking maybe me and you, we need to take a trip out to Arizona. Uh, go watch some spring baseball out there. Um, you know, just get away. Uh, so that'd be good. We do some live, some live episodes and things like that. I think that'd be a good idea. Um, why don't you foot the bill on that and we'll get, we'll get that taken care of. There we go. Well, I'm sure this new fancy baseball show could send us out there for that. So yeah, that's a good point. That's it. Maybe we get some credentials. There's a possibility of that. I wouldn't pay for the hotel room. Uh, but you know, my birthday is coming up, dad. I could be a birthday present. You just pay for a month in, in Arizona. Um, <laughs> uh, we got places we can stay. We know some people in Arizona. Uh, we, we got some contacts out there. Um, our Atlanta Brave contact actually is out in Arizona. Uh, and uh, nonetheless. Nope. Okay, Dad, that's everything for tonight. Uh, I want to encourage people, follow us on social media, at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, of course, if you missed any of the live episode, go back and listen to the audio version wherever you get your podcast. And uh, thank you again to Righteous Felon for jumping on board with us. And sponsoring the program, go to RighteousFelon.com, use your promo code BELLYUP, and they get 20% off your purchase. And uh, I think you'll enjoy the product as much as I did as well. Dad, any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I don't think so. Like I said, a lot going on. And as soon as we get done with football, like I said, we'll be getting into college basketball, March Madness, and a lot of things there. And, of course, you know, baseball, spring training. So things just keep moving along. Hockey, almost to the all-star break. And um, it'd be an interesting all-star game. I don't know if you watched it all last year, but the skills competition, they do a lot of little unique things. And I've heard they've added a few uh, special wrinkles this year can be kind of fun to watch. So, you know, when you have hockey players on the beach, that's kind of interesting for skills competition. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And actually NBA season is <laughs> interesting too. We don't watch a lot of NBA just for time reasons and other reasons, but um, NBA's had actually a really interesting year as well. So 
we'll get into all that stuff as football season winds down and we'll have a little bit of time before baseball season starts to focus on some of those other things as well. But thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. We'll be back next Wednesday with an all-new live program right here on YouTube and on Facebook. The Sports Stove Podcast page is there. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.